The Value Art Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Value Art Podcast. Eddie and Izzy and Mark here with you. No guest episode today because, yeah, just a lot of moving pieces and some scheduling issues. And, uh, yeah, so we're just going to talk some news and uh, catch up with each other. And then that'll be it. Um, so where do we start? What's uh, what's the what are you guys feeling? What do you want to start with? You want to start with NFT news or I'm um... honestly excited for this week. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like so much has happened in the crypto and NFT space this morning. Until <laughs> I woke up, looked at my wallet, and finally, I'm happy again. <laughs> You're rich. So... You're rich again. <laughs> Why? Not what's yet. What happened? Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, not rich yet, yet, but um. Everything's looking good. Um, so as you guys saw this week, Bitcoin finally hit 46K again. So now we're thinking, I'm feeling bullish. Pretty much everybody's feeling bullish. But at the same time, we're kind of like, is this a trap? Um, but yeah, so there are some theories around some think that there's a supply squeeze, which I'm hoping of. What does that mean? So Bitcoin hitting 46K, why is the price like rising like that? Um, people say that you know, the cycle should be over and that it's showing, you know, that it should have been like 2018. But it seems now that the cycle is going to be until uh, springtime 2022. And this is because old Bitcoin holders, right, compared to 2018, are not letting go of their Bitcoins. So when a lot of people are holding it on their exchanges, these Bitcoin holders are holding it on their uh, physical wallets, right? Uh, so what does that mean? It means that there's less available. So there's more demand and less available, and this is going to make like the price spike. Isn't Bitcoin finite anyway? Isn't it like there's a limit already predefined to the amount of Bitcoin? So how does it change whether it's on a physical? It, it does change just because, you know, uh, still you have to have a certain uh, amount available on the exchanges, right? Um, but the fact that they're on the, the physical ones now, there's not much to buy on the exchanges. Okay. And of course, you can buy, you can still buy. Um, it's just that the price, of course, uh, the price spikes up because the demand is so high. So. And we're seeing that on everything as well. Is that the, every, all the Ethereum's up what, 30% in the last week. Cardano's Cardano. up, all the big coins. <laughs> yeah, Cardano's yeah. soaring. I think it's quite it's finally i don't know if it's the ecosystem is merging and there's good news on bitcoin and then ethereum did its hard fork and so that's increasing cardano is about to release it's well it's getting towards its mm -hmm. smart contract capability so that's going crazy the nft space is going nuts i saw today that the um mm -hmm. open has overtaken uniswap as the biggest yeah. source of, of ethereum usage and i think altogether with as Izzy said, with this limiting limited supply, hod, hodlers hodling, mm -hmm. it's just been a an incredible, crazy week, hasn't it? Yeah, it, long, it, long it, mate, it really long has. Long mate, continue. So, can you explain to me the cycle? You mentioned that the cycle was people were expecting the cycle to end in 2018, and then now they're expecting. 20. What does that mean? What is it's just like the the bear bull cycle? They expected like every three years to have this cycle, right? Um, so it was supposed to end this year in 2021 and this when there was like the bearish market these these months everybody's like okay the cycle's over let's we'll see you guys in <laughs> three years to see like a major bull run but at this point like the market's going crazy so 
people are like, you know, it's not over. My housemate was saying that they're predicting this cycle to end. It was supposed to be September, right? So wouldn't it make sense that there would be this push right before a dip in, say, September, October? Could be. That's why I mentioned that it could be a trap. And right. I, oh, okay, I've, been looking, <laughs> I've been looking everywhere. Uh, there's like, the theories that it's going to be until April 2022, and some that are saying that this is like the last bull run and then everything's gonna dip, but we're only gonna find out towards the end of August okay. from the charts, so waiting for okay. <laughs> the end of August. The the most important thing to do in this case is, you know, to protect yourself, is maybe like each week to start taking out a percentage out of your wallet, mm. um, maybe put it into stable coin. Um, that's like the most important thing. Like this, this morning, actually, I already took out a percentage out of Cardano just because it spiked so much and I was like, you know, let me protect myself. Let me just like take them out, but never everything just because I am like a hodler. Um, and of course I still want to, <laughs> to grow, but I think it's yeah. also very important to, you know, protect yourself. Can I ask you how you're, you, cause we talked like a couple weeks ago, I think you mentioned you're staking Ethereum, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm staking a lot of things. <laughs> Are you using some, a platform to do that or have you set up like your your own node like what, what are you doing more than staking what i i do with a lot of like i'm i also do like farming but not with, like with ethereum in particular i do it like with um with pancake swap for example mm -hmm. there it allows you to do farming with a lot of tokens and what's really cool about pink pancake swap is that it allows you to get profit every day mm. what what tokens are you farming on pancake swap so one is um, exceed me, except that now exceed me. I, I'm like waiting for it to grow. Um, it's been growing a little bit these days, but it's it's really slow. But still, it it gives me some amount every day while I'm farming. So that's one. One is also Genesis. Um, that one though has crashed these days, so it's going really bad. I have to check that out on Green Market Gap later, but <laughs> but it's okay because, you know, these ones, like, I, I discovered farming lately, and I love it even more than staking. Then what I stake to is eGold. eGold, in my opinion, and I do that on the Meyer app. Do you know, guys, are you guys familiar with eGold? No, tell me about it. Oh, yeah. So last week it was at around $50. And now it's around uh, $116, if I'm not mistaken. Jeez. They have their own app, and the community is wild on, on Twitter. Such a huge community. So I'm going on it right e now. E-Gold. Oh. E-Gold. Oh. Oh 25% cool, in the last 24 hours. Yeah. Holy and shit. it's So practically, you have your hero tag. So in my case, mine is Izzy94. And it's wild because on the community, everybody on Twitter puts their hero tag on Twitter, right? Just because the community, they're so um, unified that sometimes they even gift each other eGold, right? So it, it becomes like a social network and that's kind of their goal. And they're gonna be introducing even other projects with NFTs, it's amazing. So what's, I'm trying to get on, there you go. These communities to me sometimes just seem like cults. <laughs> they just feel very cultish. <laughs> there's there's no, definitely a, um, that kind I was, of vibe. I was reading, yeah, I was reading about the Bored Ape 
uh, community this mor- like a little mm-hmm. bit this morning. Do you guys know about the board ape NFTs? Yeah, they they they. I, I saw them. The, they've grown. The they've exploded. Crypto punk. They're, they are yeah. exploding, and and I and the community is like such a strange. It's like the most fundamental part of of the. And th- to me, that's like okay, that's a cult. Like that's all that is. The, the, but the, the artwork is cool too. I'll give them that. I think the the board ape artwork I I really like compared to the crypto punks and a lot of yeah. the others. It's kind of much more creative. It has and like gorillas vibes, right? You see yeah. that? You see the gorillas yes. uh, similarities? Yes, yes, I yes. Really cool. I I honestly love it. But anyways, what's cool is that it it kind of felt like it's on the Elrond network, right? You said El- Elrond? Yeah, the Elrond right? network. Yeah. So El- Elrond <laughs> means what exactly? Because it sounds like the leader of the Scientology. It's one of the characters in the Lord of the Rings. You know, the okay. one... Um, so maybe maybe not related to L. Ron Hubbard then. Okay, that's good. Because we were no, talking no, about no. cults a minute ago, and, and then we said in, L. Ron. Like, <laughs> what's going on here? In fact, like, when you are, um, you know, when you buy um, Eagled, practically, then you have a global ranking on the network. Okay. And you are assigned also some stickers. So what's cool is, you know, people in the community are like, oh, I got to, um, I'm now, like, a dwarf. I'm a whale. <laughs> so you really get these stickers and it's 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 fun. It's engaging. Nice. Did you end up getting into Axie Infinity cuz that just passed a billion in revenue? Yeah. I didn't play it yet. I I have to. Okay. I just like I'm so sad we didn't invest in it. Um we were just saying that the other day we were like, "Oh my gosh, we we could have chose Axie Infinity." And Bondley in that moment, that moment we chose Bondley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a turnaround. That was quite a swing. Those two situations turned out very differently. Exactly. So it's... But, um, so you did end up buying an NFT recently and it was in the newsletter. So what what was your... Yes. Talk, talk to us about that. <laughs> yes, yes. So the other day I, did know, I ended up buying a stoner cat. I know we've been talking about it, Eddie, for quite some time. So yeah. I... You know, after, when was it, on the 27th of July, when they released the Stoner Cats, but had that, like, massive delay, um, you know, with the transaction volume and the spike in um, all the transaction fees. I waited a while. <laughs> I just wanted to see the vibe and everything. But then I, I just, like, started looking at all these cats, and I was like, I need to get one. I just, like, need to. So you got it on the secondary market, I assume, because that sold out in like 20 minutes or something like that. Something. Dumb. It sold out, yeah. So it sold out, I can't remember, I think it was like in, yeah, 30 minutes, something like that. And then what they did is they minted, they said, okay, with the first release of the series, we're going to be minting other 3,000 cats. So. Oh. Exactly. So they minted another 3,000. And, and that's where I purchased my Reggie. <laughs> so you have an, it's not so, even a secondary purchase. You got it directly from the I, source? I bought it on OpenSea. Uh, so okay. when you go on the website on Stoner Cats, then it redirects you to OpenSea. And yeah. and that's when I, I started looking at all the cats and mine uh, that we can show right here now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Can we uh, see it? Let's see it. But so if you want to see it that are just listening to the podcast, you can they can check the newsletter because Reggie made an appearance in the newsletter this week. Exactly. Exactly. He made it in my newsletter. Um, yeah, so I was like looking at all of them, but I honestly fell in love with him because I don't know, he just, I love cheese. 
he's holding cheese during the middle finger. <laughs> I like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a cheese. What, so what has <laughs> happened? Has has anything changed about your like your image of what it means to own an NFT now that you have Reggie? Like has that? Yeah, because I was like, going to ask as well about have you what do you get access to a community that nobody else can access? Do you, it, with this yes. phone account, do you now feel all powerful, special? Is there are people contacting you because? <laughs> I do. Yes, people have been contacting me because they were like, no, like you have to definitely like share the episode with me, right? And I was like. So uh, I, I think that But it's on usually, YouTube. <laughs> I know, but that's like as soon as they find it, they're gonna take it take it down. I would think that if I purchase a stoner cat, right, and I pay money, why should I share it on on the web? Like it goes against myself. Somebody did it, right? That's the only way it would have gotten out there. Um, I think yeah, I think it's you you I would like to love to believe that these communities that are popping up supporting the art like this, which I think is great and I can't I can't wait to see what they're how they're going to expand this into like a network of series of other series and like how to help other creators actually do the same thing. But I, I find it kind of disheartening to see that it's, it was immediately leaked. Like the, the link was immediately, yeah, that sucks. It really does suck. There's some spaces like for example, telegram that if you take a screenshot of a photo, you get like the notification that you're taking a screenshot. So I think that maybe in the future, is there a way that they can kind of integrate something that if you're like, I don't know. Yeah, I, so I've been thinking about this for a couple of years now because I wanted to try to reimagine how we distribute films. And there's no way around avoiding, like you can always record the media of the device in some way or another, whether it's through screen recording, especially on like desktop computers. It's, it's really hard to do, it's really hard to have the same, to place the same limitations on software that you can on a phone. Um, plus, you could always just have somebody record their screen. Like that's always going to happen, you know. That that's been happening forever. People going into movie theaters and recording with their camcorders from their like armpit, you know. I know. Well, yeah, those those early bootleg films. That's yeah, how yeah. I. That's how I saw those early films. Yeah, bad yeah. quality. So even a hardware a hardware solution wouldn't even change it, would it? Because you no. just use another camera to. No. Yeah. There's got to be another way for you to create uh, scarcity, and that's what I, I do love that about the Stoner Cats approach because. It's there's other incentives, right? Besides just the the videos, there's also going to be other perks that you get eventually. Or what's the what's the yes, plan? yes, definitely. So it's not only a matter of content, but you know, also in the community, I'm I'm part of like the Discord channel right now, and they say there's going to be some really special. They didn't like reveal what, but they said there's going to be something special for you guys, especially the ones that came since the beginning. Um, so I'm curious to see. I mean, I wasn't like the beginning, beginning, but <laughs> a week after. Uh, but I guess I I'm gonna be some seeing some interesting things. And you know, like you said, I I think that this is a huge step um, when it comes to you know bringing back ownership of content to the creators. I think this is huge. One of the most exciting things to me was like they raised eight million for an animated series of episodes that are five minutes each, and I was like, that is brilliant. Like that's better than Kickstarter. That's better than Patreon. That's like, how can I do that? I want to. I was like researching how can I make my own token. I want to make my own. Artwork. Are you gonna do it? Are you gonna get a stoner cat? Probably. I probably won't get a stoner cat. But if they oh. make some sort of, if they do design some sort of platform that allows, like if they could white label it, or is it the right word? White label it, white glove, yeah, whatever. If they could offer it as a service, as a software as a service, I would definitely use that because it seems like, it seems like a viable option. But then again, like we're talking about Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, so they have a and Vitalik, so they have Vitalik. a huge audience <laughs> already. 
Yeah, like I don't think it. I don't think oh that that gosh. hurt their uh, their fundraising. How much is it down to Mila Kunis? Is how involved are the the celebrities in Stoner Cats? Are they? From what I understand, Mila and Ashton are the ones that founded it. There it was, it was there. Like it started as an animated series, in like a traditional sort of. Uh, Hollywood approach and then in the meeting because Ashton's involved in like a lot of venture capital stuff it was like well what if this was a blockchain project and then it kind of spiraled into this and I think it happened really quickly I don't think it was planned to be uh, released this quickly it really really did um, and y did you guys check out also um, Ashton's Twitter lately like no. there's like the videos with Mila and Vitalik that like are hilarious like uh, you guys I, have to see it uh, I gotta be honest. I thought they were so corny. I thought they were so corny. Really? Like I, oh, the you, fact you saw those I like the, the, the I saw it on on a YouTube recap of of those mm -hmm. video, like of the of the news, and somebody posted like it was like him asking Mila questions and then turning exactly. to Vitalik and yeah. I was like, I thought it was hilarious. You like, thought it was corny. <laughs> yeah, because I, if, I could, I could, I just knew it was coming. I guess because of the context I watched it in, like I I knew. Yeah. Like, already knew that he was involved, so it was corny mm -hmm. to me to see the reveal, like, this dramatic reveal that Vitalik was involved. Yeah. That yeah, was, I don't know. I don't know. For me, it was, like, hilarious. Um, maybe because I kind of resonated with Mila sometimes when I'm, I'm learning new terms <laughs> in crypto. And, yeah. <laughs> and so, and somebody asks me something, and I'm like, it's like when you... Because I do get it, but then yeah. when it comes out of my, of my head, like, out of my mouth, it's like, what did I just say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but, yeah. Yeah, uh, I definitely identify with that too, for sure. Yeah, I feel like, you know, when they you, you get something and then you just have to explain it, and I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was boy, trying to explain but... the the London hard fork to my friend yesterday because I was like, if we talk about this on the podcast, I want to mm -hmm. be able to understand it well enough to talk about it. So I was like, what yeah. I'll do is I'll read about it and then we'll go for a walk and I'll just tell you what I remember, and that will help me mm -hmm. kind of. And then Mark was saying, I think last last week, uh, explaining something to to like the kids really helps to for it to mm -hmm. solidify in your mind. I was like, I need to start hanging out with like four year olds. <laughs> <laughs> I know they explain better. <laughs> but, yeah. So uh, talk us through it, Eddie. Yeah, so I was talk us through the hard fork. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I still don't really get it. So I'm hoping that you guys can carry that conversation because what I the only thing that I really remember from what I read yesterday about it is that like in, investors or mi miners mm -hmm. are really like up in arms about this because they're going to lose a huge chunk of their revenue because the rewards are going away. So mm -hmm. the hard fork, the London hard fork, is is the first step or like one of many steps in the transition towards proof of stake, correct? Yeah, And so correct. the reward system for mining a, uh, or for doing these, what are, people keep calling math equations, but I think it's just random number generation, is uh, <laughs> it's, they were rewarded with, <laughs> they were rewarded with two Ethereum, right? Two or two e Ether? Yeah, around, around And that's going away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think what, what I, yeah, so they're pissed off about that, but I think, in general, the, pl the like the network is going to be more efficient and provide for more m other revenue streams are going to be opened up because of this and this sort of antiquated thing. It feels to me like the the discussion of like, okay, maybe this is a too on the nose, but in the states there was this conversation about bringing back the mining jobs, like bring opening up the coal mines again. And I was like, it just yeah. feels like a, a dying industry. Why, guys, just move on, like. And that maybe is a little insensitive because a lot of people's whole livelihoods are built on on coal mining. But it's like, 
we're spending all this time talking about and arguing about something that is really not the most efficient way to provide resources and to to move to move the technology forward and I get it you don't want to have to think about losing 30% of your revenue but so that's all I remember from reading about the Lennon hard fork maybe somebody else I could think, do a more high level broader uh, I think like what is what does it mean perfectly yeah the mine it takes away the the miners don't get the transaction fees so in theory it should make the gas fees disappear but from what I've read that isn't the case because it's just been counterbalanced by the NFT blowing up so much that any mm. reduction in those gas fees has just been bought in again by the sheer volume of traffic. Um, okay, so I, that's what I was going to ask you on on today's conversation because when I, what I was reading was mostly articles from like last week and they were kind of speculating what would it do to the price, what would it do to the network, and I haven't seen anything yet about like how since the fork happened how has that been impacted how has how has that impacted the price and the traffic and the gas prices so it it sounds like if the nft hype wasn't going on if that wasn't a thing maybe it would have the gas prices would have come down but now we're seeing it just kind of cancels out so what if the fork didn't happen then the gas prices would just keep like being insane i i like to i think so um, yeah, should, honest, we pan, I, should we pan to I'm, pan to Vitalik? I'm, Is he in the corner of your room? <laughs> Vitalik, can you comment on this? Vitalik, oh well, <laughs> but, but there was like multiple multiple changes in the hard fork. It wasn't just one thing, was it? It was a, right. a collection of. I, I I I read about the difficulty bomb. I have no idea what that is all yeah, about. Well, okay, <laughs> I I also read about it. A couple, a couple articles. I still don't understand what the point of it is. It's to prevent, it's to create more difficulty. I, from, what, in, in... from what I believe is that it's when, and I, I might be wrong on this, but when Ethereum finally switches to POS and it joins the, the mainnet, that difficulty bomb will make it so impossible for the original chain to continue. So all the everyone will have to switch to the POS Ethereum because right. the difficulty bomb will make it impossible almost to create new ethereum i i think it's something along right. those lines because the point of of the of the fork is also because i mentioned deflationary earlier because that was a word that kept coming up in the articles about the hard fork because because there's no cap on ethereum it can keep new coins can constantly be generated right so i guess the difficulty bomb is to kind of slow that down Stop and what or increase the the burn so even though they're being created ones are being destroyed as well that's what i understood too but i'll be honest i'm not commenting too much just because I'm, I'm trying to understand more um probably for the next episode i'll get it but <laughs> i uh i i came across while while reading about um about the the hard fork i don't know how i, I think maybe coin telegraph or something i saw this article about polygon punks did you guys read about that yeah, they they've been taken off the open sea, yes. haven't they? Yeah, so they they were delisted from open sea. So Polygon Punks was a lot of people were considering it a rip off of CryptoPunks, and because they look the same, they followed like very similar uh, community sort of like, the community felt similar, and I think it was for people that didn't get oh uh, that couldn't afford the yeah or missed yeah. the opportunity. They had this new thing, Polygon Punks, that was basically like a second chance, but it had no association to the CryptoPunks, to like the the 
to the original series. And so uh, some people were like, especially the, the creators of CryptoPunks were like, what the fuck? Like, this is our IP. So this is funny because we were talking so much like the Talk last couple weeks about copyright copyright and ownership yeah. and like how this will ha- what will happen with this in the in the NFT space and for OpenSea to delist it is a big statement it's like yeah we don't we believe that this is infringement essentially is what they're saying and uh, no matter and and they don't do research into like intention like we talked with with uh, Nate about intention and like fair use and OpenSea is not a they're not like a, a court you know they're not like yeah this feels like it's changing the message or whatever they just got pressured by the community and they were like okay it's down and then they moved to another platform to nf nf trade i think is a platform that they moved oh, it so to they're and they're still, still selling they're, they're still, still going selling trade. but yeah. was lava was lava labs involved in forcing open sea yeah in any i'm pretty way sure i'm pretty sure down? the pressure came internally i don't think it was like a public like we we don't support this we think it should be removed i think it was like because they're, I mean, they're moving so much money. They're selling for so much. It's, a, it's, it would be hard for, I think, for OpenSea to be in a, in a position to say, like, no, this is fine. We're going to let this keep happening, I think is, I get it. I get what the pressure must have felt like for people at OpenSea. But I don't know if I agree with it. I don't know if I disagree with it. I did learn through reading about this that there's, there's not only fines on infringing in the first, like, if you create an asset that is infringing on somebody else's artwork on their copyright and you sell it you you pay a certain amount depending on whether or not you willing or willfully knew like that it was infringing you pay a certain amount on top of the like a fine but there's also fines like the creator can sue the people that bought it and then resold it so like the secondary market and i think at that point like especially how fast things are moving in the nft space like you buy something and then you flip it in like an hour or 24 hours and you make a bunch of money, you could have that whole thing take place before you even realize that this was been infringed upon. I think in the CryptoPunks and Polygon Punks case, it was clear like this is infringement, but there was a situation uh, like a month ago with this project built by a 12 year old called it was like a weird the weird whales project i don't know if you guys saw that but like i didn't see it but i want to see it it's it was cool and it was like pretty heartwarming because this kid made this nft series himself which was i guess generated <laughs> by cute. a copyrighted image yeah and he was selling them for like really small numbers like i think the first series sold for like 60 bucks each and then so it's basically a loss because a lot of these platforms charge you to mint them right so yeah then people started talking about it and like really supporting the kid and they were selling for like six grand a couple days later oh my and gosh. turns out that the original artwork was was a copyright infringement and it's like whoa how do you how do you know you like really have to do your own research before before you get into and buying and, and flipping let me see like the, let me see if i could find from selling lemonade outside your house to nfts that's a uh... Quite something, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot more money in weird whales than uh, lemonade as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, what a time! So this kid made a hundred and sixty thousand in Ethereum, and and this what? was in July. So now what? Now what do you think it's worth? Now he's like, he's thirteen. He's from India, and he's thirty. He, one hundred sixty thousand oh, wow. in India is like, you're, you're like, insanely rich. I think he's he's living the life. Yeah. He's doing it right. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Holy awesome. shit. I'm gonna check so, that out. But this is—I I bring it up just to say, like, you don't—you really don't know because this this stuff is moving so quickly. You really don't know what you're buying or who who truly created it or owns it. 
That's true. You've got to be careful. Mm-hmm. You've got to be careful, kids. Do your research. <laughs> Do your own research. Just um, you mentioned NFT trade. You can still get the polypunks on that yeah. website on that platform. Yeah. I was on NFT NFT trade earlier this week as well, looking at NFT farming because Izzy was talking about her farming on pancake swap earlier and now you can do nft farming where you that's, stake your tokens and you're rewarded nft unique nfts which then you can then sell on i'm actually doing that like staking some nfts uh you remember when i shared with you mark i think you kind of missed them um so i i have some nfts uh the pokemon pokemons which are not like the right. pokemon uh they're like these cool <laughs> cute unicorns i don't know if you know them um and sounds cool you want to see them <laughs> eddie can we up yep. the, can we put them on the screen when future eddie i'll, I'll try to editor eddie the editor <laughs> um so these you can actually stake them and that's what i've been doing but still gotta like see the results then i'll let you guys know how that's going did you guys collect things when you were like younger or like were, were, have you ever been into collecting like something like baseball Pokemon. cards or po- Pokemon or like Beanie Babies. Like I, I want to talk about the correlation or like the some of the parallels between those phenomena and and mm-hmm. NFTs. If if you have any personal experience, it, well, um. it, there's a collection. People collect for different reasons. I've I collected CDs and books and things. I've never collected toys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or stamps or anything in that vein. Yeah. You? That's cool. No, yeah, no, I I never collected uh, yeah. toys. I I collected Pokemon for a little while when I was a kid, but that's just because it was a social thing more than anything. I didn't even know how to play the game. I just wanted to be included <laughs> in the in the recess, you, you know, them? conversations. I I think there's a couple packs of them in my parents' basement along with like thousands of of like sports of trading cards of like different sports because my uncle gave me a shitload of them because at the end of the 80s in the early 90s uh there was like an influx of of trading card production because like the like tops trading cards and like the other like nba and mlb they realized like Mm -hmm. oh there's a lot of money to be made in this because people are spending a lot of money collecting them so they there was like a they were overinflated the amount of the market with uh these cards so i have like a fat like probably 10,000 cards that are worth nothing in my parents' basement because my uncle thinks that one day they're going to be worth something. But I'm like, that is not true, and they're not in good condition. So I, I wonder if this is going to be a similar situation with, like, a lot of these NFTs, like the CryptoPunks or the Bored Ape. Like, people are like, ah, oh, these are going to be worth something someday. Uh, they're already proving to be worth something now. But that same thing happened with Beanie Babies where, like, there was massive rushes to the store for pe- people were like trampling each other to get their hands on these fucking stuffed animals or like selling them on on like ebay for insane amounts of money and if you look at them now it's like there's still a small market of like diehard mm-hmm. fans but nobody's talking about it you know was that um just the sheer volume of beanie babies though where everything is much scarcer in theory with nfts or you can keep the scarcity down if there, if there's only if there'd only been ten thousand beanie babies would they all be worth I think it was more I I think it had a lot more to do with the media coverage of it which is exactly what we're seeing with NFTs like a lot of people talking Mm -hmm. about uh, talking about it and then people feeling FOMO like wanting to Mm -hmm. be part of it and wanting to be because what what these NFT series come down to is is the community aspect of it like people just want to feel especially since we've been like two years now sort of isolated from each other it's like yeah. a way to feel like you're you're part of something you know and i think that's, that's a huge p- 
part of this and that is one aspect of of like the physical memorabilia like beanie babies that wasn't it's not as prominent in that i guess because that was like pre-internet right so now you have these discord channels popping up and you have like telegram and all these other ways to stay in touch with your peers and i think Mm -hmm. maybe we'll see some more longevity out of these things because of that but i'm really curious like five years from now what does the crypto punks community look like like are people still hanging out talking about it or is it like i'm so tired of talking about these eight big characters (laughs) well can i just uh, so i've been doing a little bit um on the metaverse in the last week and there was a you mentioned the cults of nfts the cult of these nfts and people kind of attach their flag to one particular collection you know if you collect crypto punks you don't you don't collect apes and then these kind of avatars be becoming your identity so they become they transcend what they originally are they become your identity you take your identity into the future of the internet and whatever guise it takes and so these nfts yeah they become your identity so their use case in the future does change from a collectible item into how you are perceived totally <laughs> on the internet in the metaverse uh, do you identify with reggie well i mean not being stoned but with the cheese i do <laughs> <laughs> and your boyfriend because you guys you guys share like your co-owners of reggie right yeah exactly we're co-owners and that's when things can get a little bit difficult um yeah that that sounds complicated (laughs) it is complicated because you know also um so what our our strategy is with crypto is like we have a lot of tokens we invested in so some i get them he gets them and then we keep them like in the same wallet um and you know sometimes like i i nail them he doesn't and whatever but with the nfts there was like a little bit of a dispute because I want to keep the stoner cat for a long time and he's like you know as long as when it's it reaches this amount we're gonna sell it and I'm like don't touch okay, my so Reggie like you have you know? different philosophies or different outlooks on how this pans out I guess I would love to hear his perspective on why to do that is it just a it's just a fiscal investment it's just like a I'm just yeah. gonna capitalize on this moment and then move on and you have some attachment to it i have an attachment to my reggie to be honest Um, (laughs) i'll be honest i have attachment so i I guess it's kind of hard when you have you know when when you do share nfts so this could be maybe something like you know uh, in the future crypto couples um (laughs) crypto couples well you'll just you'll just have to stay together forever Exactly. Stay together for the kitties. <laughs> uh, so but, it's interesting because yeah. Mark, I sent you that article about the NFT, the Bauhaus NFT. Did remember it? Did you get the, a chance to read that? Yeah, ha- didn't read that. No. Okay, the what guy, that the author of that article was talking about how he he's approached like on a daily basis to like support a, a NFT drop or to like mm-hmm. write about like a, a new you know exclusive project, and he's like, uh, I don't really care. Don't, it's like it's such it's so scammy it's such bullshit and then he got approached by one it was like a a music related nft drop and instead of being really rude to the girl who reached out the marketing girl who reached out he just sort of let her speak and it she offered him a chance to be like uh to have a sneak peek and to get early access to uh an nft that had an experience uh associated with it which was like a meet and greet Mm -hmm. with a 
with a band that is comprised of four members of a band that he loved growing up and have like pure nostalgia sentimental value to him and he was like that's when I understood like that was a moment for me when I was like oh NFTs are do provide a lot of value to people and can mm-hmm. can have some substance some some substance to them and I was like okay I haven't I haven't experienced that yet and I'm a, being a 90s kid I feel like there has been a lot of nostalgia capitalization and I haven't seen anything that I'm like I need to be a part of that but if You're there was something like yeah, if there was like a some sort of community that you could join with only access, the, the Stoner Cats approach of like giving access to the media through the NFT is great. If there, if that was a thing, if somebody came to me, I'm, I don't know if I want to include this, but if somebody came to me and was like, "There's going to be a Boy Meets World reunion, and uh, you can only access this Boy Meets World reunion with this NFT," I'll be like, "Yes, sign me up, take yes. my Ethereum, like, I want to be a part of it." Yeah. So in, in so your your the the real life experience is what gives it yeah. or what can give it the value to you definitely if you can provide me something that i couldn't mm-hmm. get otherwise like if i can meet one of the stars or be or or like sit in on a writing group or like i don't know be a be listed as a producer like th- this is already happening with patreon this is already mm-hmm. like what the like the perks of patreon or the perks of kickstarter or indiegogo or whatever if those things become more part of the conversation rather than it just being like investment speculation or like people trying to to make money i i don't really care about that it's it's sort of hollow to me but if you can give me something mm-hmm. that really touches like my my inner teenager then i'm like i'm on board 100 yeah. percent. that sounds great i totally agree but with i don't you. see a that's... lot of that i really don't see a lot of that me neither I, i'm totally on your side and that's why um like stoner cats just got me I, I think it kind of reminded me well i mean you know i used to watch tom and jerry a lot <laughs> so do you um, like I, I'll, that, real quick like what did you think about the actual it. episode i loved it i'll be honest you didn't know what it was did you watch it before buying or did you watch it after no 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 i watched it after buying so i got the full experience and then i found out like after 20 minutes that it was on youtube and then i was like oh that's sad you know but it, it's i i didn't like say oh man like i could have not bought the nft because i could buy it on youtube anyways I was like, I still have like something special that this, that like other people aren't going to have. Cause like seeing your meta mask there, you know, on the side and getting into the episode, there's like that adrenaline spike that it's, you can't pay. That's, for it. that's I mean, cool. That's gotta have, that's, that's like <laughs> but, a visceral response to being part of some, like a software thing. Like that's really cool. Yeah. And I didn't have that cause I, I watched the, the YouTube link and I was like, okay, it's cool. Like the, the series seems like it has potential. It seems like it's trying way too hard to be mm-hmm. referential, which is kind of everything nowadays. But I, I, I think, mm-hmm. uh, but I enjoyed it. I, I, I think if I had some stake in it, like you do, I would have enjoyed it a lot, a lot more. Mm-hmm. Now it's, we'll see how long, uh, you know, my boyfriend lets us keep it, but <laughs> it's like, can we get a cat? And <laughs> we're like, <laughs> oh, so man. you have to be actively holding it to to keep watching the series, right? You can't yeah. just like have had it once and okay. No, no, you have to have cool. it. So, like, I, I don't. It doesn't like. We're not gonna sell it like until I finish seeing the series. But then you know the second series is gonna come out. So then I'm gonna find the way to say, hey, but you know the second series is coming out and. I'll keep my kitty. Don't worry. Um, I'm gonna fight for it. <laughs> but... It's it's an us and them. It kind of love that 
there's the two experiences and you both had the same experience but because izzy owns her cat Mm -hmm. it was a different experience and it, it for her and then she's going to i guess you could look at it connect much more with the community around it than you because you don't have you didn't experience the same feelings and that's the the power of the nft right there like on twitter there was a the other day they said like share your your stoner cat (laughs) like um that's awesome so i'm getting really nerdy on it guys but (laughs) So let's transition into a little bit of the newsletter. I think it's good to maybe finish off the episode with that. I want to. I want you to tell me about the UN. Inv- or was that in the newsletter? That was in Mark. That was in your your. I did. Um, yeah, yeah. It wasn't in the newsletter. The the UN uh, NFTs. The UNFTs. Is that a thing? Are they calling it that? They should call it I... that. Missed opportunity. The UNFTs. Yeah, that w- they would. Yeah, tell us about that. It's kind of using the media exposure of F- NFTs to highlight the the climate disaster that we're facing they they're using artists they're going to hire artists and create nft i can't remember what the platform was they were going to use they'd chosen somebody but essentially raising awareness of climate change via nfts that's absolutely awesome like i i can't believe i missed it, it actually <laughs> when did this news come out it was just a, a, a last week or this week, but I think it's just it's good to have a a use case like that. I mean, if you're going, it's all it's good to have the investment. It's good to have the fun. It's good to have the art. But also, if you can raise awareness for something perhaps more valuable long term, that's good as well. I think it's good to have those different Absolutely. use cases, and this just highlights one that's. And I think it's like, Eddie, the one, you know, the project that you mentioned um, a couple of weeks ago. And who knows, maybe they can even collaborate in some way. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too, when I first read it, because I I had the same, like, comment then, because they're still on proof of work. It's still Ethereum. I don't know if they're using Ethereum for the UN thing, but it's still very resource intensive to do that and to, like, combat climate change with something so resource intensive is like, why? Just do it another way but maybe the platform they chose isn't on ethereum maybe it's on something else that's proof of stake or like not in any way as resource heavy i don't know curious to yeah. see that hmm. yeah i, I, I would I, imagine I, that it's I, I don't think they use it a, a proof of work blockchain are they that would be a bit of a mm. pr disaster yeah well Goodbye. exactly but i i wonder too because like are they doing the research, you know, like, or are they just trying to jump in on the conversation without actually understanding it? Because I, I get it, I get the sense that that's a lot of what these projects are, especially the ones that are coming from like politicians and, and institutions that are, are like, you know, it's, it's like the corny old, like the, the out of touch teacher yeah. that's like trying to, <laughs> trying to make the joke in class. Like, just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. You don't, I, you don't get it, agree. you know? What uh, we haven't added and what is cool from the newsletter is the amendment in the US that they're trying to release that hasn't officially been released um, in regard to regulating uh, the crypto space uh, tax wise, right? Um, so that's going to be interesting. I thought that we would already have a response this weekend of like what was going to officially happen, but it seems that they're still finding an agreement. Uh, there was a tweet that I read this morning from Ted Cruz. Senator Ted Cruz, that, you know, a lot of people, 
like <laughs> it was like he said something smart and a lot of people though don't uh, get along with Ted Cruz as you know right uh so they were like oh my gosh like I don't like Ted Cruz but he's saying something right and I was like what did he say he said like how are like can we regulate something we don't know anything about and that's true because most of there are some really cool senators that that get it right but other ones that they don't know anything about the crypto space and like are just talking about pure nothing like <laughs> doesn't make sense but do you have to record because you're you're a u.s you're a dual citizen yeah i have uh, so you have to record citizen. u.s taxes right you have to report your your taxes to the u.s um, so not at the moment, just because my residency is in Italy. So I think I that don't you have, have to for uh, for your whole life. Always you have to report you maybe maybe you don't have to pay, but I think you have to report your U.S. Ta your taxes to the U.S. no matter what, I think. Please don't put this because <laughs> I might be. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you because I really want to understand. So like I, I'm, I'm curious what it happens when you buy like an NFT, like crypto art. And uh -huh. you don't like instead of instead of like putting mm -hmm. your money from a coin into a like fiat converting it and you buy yeah. crypto art instead, do you have to pay capital gains on that? Like, do you have to pay taxes over that digital asset? I don't know what the situation is yet around that. And I haven't bought anything kind of because of that, because I don't know. I don't know. I, I right yeah. now I've been holding like everything that I've had for like over two years. So I don't have the capital gains tax and I haven't taken anything out of the market mm -hmm. as far as I know. So I want to, if I want to buy an NFT, I want to know, is that a liquid asset? I don't, how does that so, work? So like when you do cash out, right, from investments in the crypto space, um, in general, like here in Europe, like in Italy, at least, if you go over 50K, then you are taxed for, I can't remember the percentage at the moment, just because I haven't done it yet either. Uh, I've, I've put I've been putting what I have been cashing out I've like putting it on stable coins until I am like ready to cash out but um, you are taxed like over 50k though so I guess I'll be saying that when that is the case but I know that they they are pretty highly it's like 20 something percent uh, so that's yeah, and I know in the U.S. it's even worse. I think it's like fifty percent of what you mm. what you take out. You have to pay taxes over if it's over like a certain amount of like I think over a hundred grand or something like that. Then you it's like in, it's insane. You lose half of mm -hmm. what you've earned. It's almost pointless to to take money out. Yeah, mm. I don't know. It's 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 a very uh, it's it should be unregulated for the time being because we still don't. Yeah, we still don't understand. Do I agree with Ted Cruz? Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's like if you I'm going to send you the tweet later. Um practically all the comments are like people confused with themselves cuz they're like am I agreeing with Ty Cruz? <laughs> like what what is going on here? Having an identity <laughs> crisis like oh shit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, me too. I was like I I'm putting like but I don't know. If they do do you know move forward with this amendment that imposes like huge taxes right on all these emerging uh you know icos and it's gonna be really bad for the u.s because we might be seeing something like happened in china right with the miners like in parallel that everybody's just gonna go outside the country and 
it's like a step back instead of going a step forward with innovation like we're just like going back um so but the bill in america they it was kind of um and i think they've changed what they want to pass or they've changed the bill but originally it was essentially going to cripple the whole industry because it was going to make it mandatory for miners to declare themselves to have all these um visibility um laws that would have which would have been impossible to do so the miners would have had to declare tax and it would have just been impossible so everyone would have been breaking the law or that the, exactly. uh, i believe for me personally the deeper we get into like uh, the deeper i get into holding this kind of stuff or like participating in it i'm like how bad is this going to be when i have to finally am i going to get audited one day like i really don't want to deal with that you know i'm not moving nearly enough to like for for, for the irs to give a shit about me i think but i know that, the, that i have friends that are holding a lot and have been making a lot and are probably going to have a nightmare scenario for themselves in a, in a year or two yeah and then you know there are a lot of um ways like crypto cards right um that technically you can pass your money onto stablecoin and then you can just like pay with your crypto card and it's decentralized so i i haven't like been focusing on cashing out yet so i'm still not there but it's gonna be curious too to see how we're gonna do that um but definitely i'm like you i'm not gonna i think i'm not gonna be <laughs> persecuted or something for the amount that i have but uh <laughs> keep all movements below 10 grand and the bank the banks won't flag it yeah 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 possibly <laughs> should we have an episode about uh tax evasion <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding all right whoever's out there listening in the, the, the uh, nsa is on this podcast exactly. uh, i heard tax evasion on the value art podcast maybe we should flag that okay uh i think that's probably a good place to call it uh guys if you want unless you have uh oh actually there was one more thing i wanted to mention which we forgot to mention last week and that was in relation to the auction to the banksy drop so with the with this with the auction ending and i think the price sitting somewhere around like it was 65 ethereum i think at the time it was like 150 160,000 us dollars half of that is getting donated uh to to charities around the world. And the first donation we're making is to Doctors Without Borders. And I think it's somewhere around 35,000 was, was the was the number. I'll have to confirm with Ethan and uh, Giorgio what that number is exactly. Um, and maybe I'll do a editor magic and like fix this if it's wrong. But um, I, I wanted to mention that last week because that, that was a major part of why I supported the project in the first place. And I think a great a great thing to do with the with the work, with the earnings. So. Um, that's my last bit of, of podcast update. So Mark, uh, is he? Well, this week's book club, um, I mentioned actually the first book that got me into crypto because, um, until last year I was always like, eh, I don't know. It kind of scares me. Uh, I don't get it. Um, then I read this book and I was like, I need to unbank myself. Like, <laughs> you know, um, so this is the Bitcoin standard. Uh, by I can't ever know how to pronounce his name, please. <laughs> I love your book. Um, it's Amos Safedown. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Amos Safedown. And it's just an amazing book that really 
like it goes through the whole um you know the origins of economy and really guides you through what bitcoin is and what's cool about it is that it's not like it's called the bitcoin standard but it's not going to be a book that's only talking about the, the the pros about the bitcoin right it really goes into the detail of everything the pros the cons and then it just le like leaves uh the reader to decide what you know what he thinks about it so and what was the moment for you where you kind of reevaluated your biases like what was the was there a standout piece of the book that you were like ah I get yeah it. yeah well um i guess a lot of the part of the book where it talks about deflation uh i guess i never like in my daily life i never thought that much about deflation i mean i heard about it i was like you know okay but then there was a quote um that says a money that is easy to produce is no money at all right and and that quote like really hit me and and then i i really understood like the the value of bitcoin at that point and like the non-value of our monetary system at the moment with all this deflation and and that like that quote like really hit me and i was like wow okay but you mean inflation i guess right you're talking about oh my like... gosh inflation yeah did i say deflation? sorry i meant inflation so one more time the title of the book Bitcoin it's standard. Uh, the Bitcoin standard and in December actually he's going to be releasing the sequel of the book that's called the fiat standard nice well thanks for that um, cool I guess that's a good place to end it this week uh, next week we'll have another guest on and we'll have more updates on some of the stuff we talked about today and uh, yeah I think good episode guys I'm th this is fun I'm glad we had Mark yeah. on as a as a as a voice of of yeah. <laughs> substance. A, a recorded voice. That was a nice. recorded voice. Well, yeah. Enjoy the. I'd st just to the listeners, st stay safe because the news is going to be blowing up this week and there's going to be a lot of opportunity for FOMO and trying to get involved in projects left, right, and center. So, yeah, choose your sources carefully. Yeah. <laughs> we will. <Okay>. Good. <laughs> Do your research, Bye. kids. All right. <laughs> Have a fun week. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Ciao. 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 Ciao for now.